So if you've been following Great Light Studios for a while, you'll know that one of the primary focuses that I've had for the past several years has been the topic of the World Mission Society Church of God, dealing with this specific cult, trying to provide some biblical responses and answers to some of their doctrines, interviewing former members, and just helping people to both come out of this group uh, and avoid getting into it in the first place, and then also just providing resources for those who have left the group to help them kind of recover and deprogram from uh, some of the doctrine, as it were. If you don't know, I have recently created a brand new YouTube channel called Answering the WMSCOG, where I'm going to be slowly transitioning, but it's kind of happening a little bit quicker than I thought, where most of my WMSCOG-related content will be exclusively over on that new YouTube channel. And so if you're following for the purpose of the WMSCOG content, I would recommend that you do go and, and follow that channel. That would be a help to me. And also you'll make sure then that you won't miss new videos as they come out. But moving forward on Great Light Studios, I'm wanting to cover more of a broad range, more of a broad variety of topics that concern basically all things related to faith and God different theologies that I think are both good and some that are harmful that I think are worth discussing. And so one of the specific topics that as of late I've got back interested in is the topic of Calvinism. And so for this season at least, this is something that is very important to me, and so it will likely be the majority of the content I put out for a while will be providing responses and just thoughts that I have concerning this specific uh, theological system. To me, this conversation is very important, and I know that everybody doesn't necessarily see it that way, and some people might be confused about why I'm putting out so much content in the next few months about Calvinism. But I think the ultimate implications of Calvinism conclude us with a version of God that I would argue is not loving or biblical. And so I intend to talk about this subject in a way that is respectful and loving, but I also don't want to back down from being honest about my views about this theological position that is Calvinism. I think that the Bible offers better ways of understanding God's sovereignty and things like predestination, what it means that he has chosen and elected some, than what Calvinism has to offer. And so all this just to say that in the coming months, you will likely see both on the YouTube channel and in this podcast, a lot more Calvinism-related content coming out. And so I just wanted to say up front, the reason for this is because I personally feel like this is a very important thing to talk about. That doesn't mean that everything I put out is going to be Calvinism-related. Again, I do want to start putting out a more broad range of topics that are being covered. Things like the unforgivable sin that I've talked about in the past, but I know people still have many questions related to that. Things about heaven and hell, faith and doubt, questions of the existence of God, uh, just a lot of different topics that I would like to start covering. And I have been very focused in the past few years on the WMSCOG and trying to help people related to that, that I really haven't had a whole lot of time to devote to covering these other topics. So I will try to add some variety here and there in terms of the topics that I'm covering, both in the videos and the podcast. But Fair warning, there will be a lot of content on Calvinism coming up. And so if that's something that you're interested in, I think you might be able to learn something and hopefully at least come to understand uh, the perspective that I have on different passages like Romans 9. 
John 6, Ephesians 1. If you're a Calvinist, I would just invite you to at least give me a fair hearing. Listen to the things I say. I'm sure you will not agree with some of it, if not most of it. But I hope that you will at least be willing to listen to what I say before you make conclusions. So with all that said, thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. My name is Jordan Hatfield. Great Light Studios is a platform where I seek to help people encounter in the scriptures the God of peace, life, and light, who I think is often concealed by flawed doctrines, theological systems, and just general misunderstandings of biblical texts. I attempt to offer critiques and corrections to what I consider to be harmful theological systems, doctrines, or organizations, and to provide resources for those who have been negatively impacted by them, hopefully helping them to see that it is possible to realize the Bible and the God who is revealed in it in a whole new way. And I want this to be a place where people learn that it is okay for followers of Jesus to ask hard questions, to wrestle and struggle with different biblical passages and concepts. It's okay even to be a Christian while having doubts and unanswered questions. And I hope to help people realize that it is possible to lovingly and respectfully hold differing opinions and theological views from others without perceiving them as enemies. I wanted to respond to a comment I got on one of my videos about Ephesians 1 and sort of explain something that I wish I would have explained better in uh, some of these videos about Ephesians 1 and something that in the future when I do discuss this passage, I think it's it's very important to kind of point this, this out, what I'm gonna talk about today. So to start out, I'm just gonna read this comment. So this is a comment from a guy who I'm assuming is coming from a more reformed Calvinistic uh, perspective. So I'm just, I'm gonna assume and correct me if I'm wrong, um, to the one who commented this, if you're not a Calvinist, I'm just kind of getting that from what you're saying. So he says this, we were predestined for adoption. And then he quotes Ephesians 1.5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And he says, how do you get around this plain and simple truth? So this adoption, being predestined to adoption, you know, we got to figure out what what is Paul talking about here? Okay, the assumption of what seems to be the assumption of this person, what, what is the assumption of Calvinism, is that to be predestined for adoption looks like, you know, before you were saved, before you were connected to Christ by faith, God looked at you and determined, predetermined that you would eventually become adopted, i.e., saved. So I think the Calvinists would look at this word adoption as sons and look at it as like an initial salvation idea. Like it's that point where you go out of, out of you know, being lost into being found, out of being dead in sin to being alive in Christ. It's the point of going from unbelief to faith, regeneration. So adoption as sons, again, I think to the Calvinists, they look at this and they see, oh, God predestined that we would eventually get saved, 
we'd eventually be placed in Christ. So going back to Ephesians 1, I think something that is so important and so often I would even argue ignore um, on the side of Calvinism when interpreting these passages is what, you know, when, when you look at the word chose, when it says God chose us in him, when it says God predestined us, what is it in Ephesians 1 that Paul is saying we are chosen and predestined for? So let's just look at these verses and see, answer that question of what is it that God ch is choosing believers for? Verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, for what? That we would eventually get saved? Did God choose us before the foundation of the world that we would eventually come to be in Christ? Did God choose before the foundation of the world that we would eventually in our lifetime believe in him and be saved? No, God chose us in him. God chose Christians before the foundation of the world. God chose that believers would be holy and blameless before him. I would argue that this is this is talking about an endpoint, like a final destination. It's it's as if Paul is saying one of the benefits of being on the boat of Jesus, of being on the ark that is Christ, is that the des the ultimate destination of this ship is holy and blameless before God. At the judgment seat, you will can be counted holy and blameless before Him, above reproach. That is one of the benefits one of the spiritual blessings that God placed in Christ. In other words, this is saying God chose before the foundation of the world. He chose that those in Christ, their ultimate destination would be holy and blameless. This isn't saying anything about God choosing who would be in Christ. It's simply telling us what God chose as the destination for those who are in him. And I don't know if you see the, the distinction there, if you see the significance of that difference, but I think it is very significant. Even though it might seem trivial, that difference, I think it's huge. I think Paul continues with that same sort of future benefit idea when he goes on in verse five to say, in love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So again, the question here, what we have to be careful about is that when we see that word predestined us, that we don't immediately assume initial salvation, that we don't immediately assume some mysterious choice of God, some selection, divine selection of God of who would get in and who would not get in. So he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Is there anywhere else in the New Testament that we could look to where Paul talks about adoption that might give us a little bit more clarity about what he's intending to say here? So Romans 8 verse 23 says, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the spirit. So these are Christians. He's saying we ourselves, those who are already in Christ, if you will, those of us who have already been brought from death, death to life, those of us who are already saved, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. So wait a minute. The Calvinist sees Ephesians 1, uh, 5. They see predestined for adoption and they assume that's God choosing who will get in. That's God. That's proof that God, you know, as this person in the comment says, this is plain and simple truth that God predestined who would get in uh, who would be saved, who would initially have that initial moment of salvation, of coming from death to life. Well, Paul is saying that this is actually something that even those of us who are already saved, those of us who are already in the family of God, are waiting for. This adoption of sons is something that Paul, even for believers, is extending to some future date. 
And so I would say, again, he's in, he's, he's continuing with the same train of thought where he says he chose us in him to be holy and blameless. So Paul here is talking about this, this, you know, ultimate destination for believers. And again, Romans 8, it says, we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. <laughs> so adoption as sons is equivalent, I think, in Paul's mind, this, this analogy that he uses a few times, adoption is that moment in time where believers get resurrected, glorified bodies, a future event that has not yet taken place. So when Calvinists look at this, they see the word cho chose, they see the word predestined, and they assume, oh, God chose who would get saved initially. God chose who would get in the house, in other words. God chose who would get in Christ. And this proves it, plain and simple truth, like this person says. Well, I think if we look a little bit closer, we see that this isn't saying that at all. This is not a, Paul's not having a discussion here about uh, how God chose who would get in and who would not. He's talking about what God determined, what God chose would be the ultimate benefits for those who are already in this house. And so if we look at this in sort of a, an analogous way, this is, you know, if we say this represents Christ, if we want to use the analogy again of the ark in Christ, this is the sphere in which God has chosen, as it says in Ephesians uh, 1, 3, he placed every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So rather than, as the Calvinist says, is the plain and simple truth of this text, the way they understand it, they look at it and say, look, God, you know, all throughout history has selected which individuals will get to be inside of this sphere, which is Christ. He chose and predestined. You get to be in, you get to be in, you get to be in, and the rest don't. That is, that's not the idea here. The idea is rather not God selecting who would get to be in initially. It's that God selected, determined before the foundations of the world, what the benefits, what the spiritual blessings would be for those who came to be in this sphere. He placed the blessings in this sphere and said, wherever this sphere goes, you know, you will go. So in other words, if let's if we use a, a piece of paper here, this is us, and we say this is Christ, to be in Christ is to have this connection, this union with him, so that when you're in him, your destiny, your identity becomes bound with his. You don't have an identity uh, in and of yourself that, that consists of being a son of God, chosen, elect, all these things are part of the identity that we get as a result, as a benefit of existing within this sphere. If you're in Christ, one of the benefits you get is that your ultimate destination is that you will be adopted as a son, getting a glorified body, and you will be counted holy and blameless before God in love. This isn't telling you God selected that you would get in. It's telling you he selected, determined what would happen for those who are in. Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to our Facebook, YouTube, and other social media accounts. If you want to support this podcast and myself in continuing to produce content through Great Light Studios, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to different ways that you can give financial support. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. 
One of my biggest passions is filmmaking. I believe films have the potential to communicate spiritual truths in a uniquely compelling and powerful way. If you want to watch any of the films I've produced, you can find those on the Great Light Studios channel as well. And I'll include a link in the show notes. Thank you.